Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 243 for the week of... Oh, where's my watch? I don't know what date it is. Oh, I don't know. I'm lost. And what year is it? All right, no one's going to help me, so I'm going to do it myself. Yeah, you got to do this yourself, Chris. All right, all right. Should I'll we try maybe again. record again. that again? No, I'll try it again. Okay. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 243 for the week of October 27, 2012, as my lower right-hand menu on my computer tells me. I'm your host, Chris Favors, here, here with a bunch of RPG Mirror people, including John Yearworth. Uh, yeah, hi. Hi, um, yes. I can't, can't think of anything witty to say. I'm, I'm a failure as a British person. Mm, well, I can't read a... I, I can't figure out what year it is. Um, also here, Canadian citizen, Anna-Marie Neufeld. <laughs> Good morning. And uh, oh, I already introduced myself. That's it. That's it. Short show today. Short, short cast. Well, not that the cast is short, except one of them. But the hey! <laughs> oh, burn! Yeah, um, I guess we're all burned out from extra life still, or something. I don't know. So what do we got going on? Uh, da, 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 da. We got feedback. We got recently played. What have we been playing, guys? How have you been spending your week since extra life, Anna? Um, playing um a little bit of World of Warcraft. Just I have a refer friend account link, so I'm triple uh, exping up. Um, been playing more Pokemon Black 2. I'm up to six badges, but I'm waiting for you because you're a slowpoke. I sure am. And uh, beyond that, I started playing Harvest Moon A New Beginning. So, Which came out two weeks early for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Natsume announced uh, last Thursday, actually, that they were going to start shipping the game. So it shipped out to retailers. It shipped out to all the Natsume online store pre-orders. I think at this point, like, if you order it, like, the next business day that your payment processes, it's shipped to you. So it's, like, super fast at this point. Huh. So, um, I was curious because my copy was super slow getting to me. So I actually went to Target and bought a copy. Target has it in store. Walmart shipped to pre-orders, but they don't have it in stores till like Tuesday, and GameStop doesn't know what the hell they're doing. So, GameStop not knowing what the hell they're doing. What a surprise! Yeah, I know that's shocking, isn't it? Yeah. But um, yeah, GameStop's been a little hit and miss for niche titles in the last couple months, especially when it comes to 3DS games. This isn't the first 3DS game that has been released and magically doesn't show up in their stores. So. I'm still loving it. Um, I think I'm at um, spring 10 or 12. So I've had my first set of people move in and I'm waiting for my next set of people to move in. Because the idea is, is everybody's moved out of this village. And so you have to create a new beginning where you have to convince everybody to come back. So it's pretty cool so far. Um, I like it does start a little slower than most Harvest Moons because they're introducing you to concepts a little more gradually like before it was like here's your tools here's some seeds goodbye and you had to sort of figure out everything for yourself it was like day one you could buy you know livestock but you clearly didn't have the money for it so this is actually nice because it is rolling out sort of um, everything you get to do on the farm so it's like you get a day where you just get to walk around everywhere that you get to forage which is I think three or four different screens and then the next day they give you tools and seeds and they let you do it. And then the next day the shop opens so you can buy more stuff from the shop in regards to um, tools and seeds and stuff like that. And then the first guy that comes back is the animal handler. At that point you probably do have enough to purchase your first animal because you've been foraging, because you have your first crop in you know, hand. So that's the part I'm definitely liking. The pacing is so much better in this one. 
So beyond that, I'm still deciding who I'm going to woo. I decided to play a female character first. I'm probably going to play a second concurrent file where I'm a guy because I really want to date Yuri. She's kind of awesome. So beyond that, I'll have more to talk about in the upcoming weeks. What about Ooh. you, Quinn? What have you been playing? Um, Besides, you know, 2070. Uh, well, the... the <clears throat> I was just sorting some stuff out just before the podcast started where I was having a graphical problem with uh, Minecraft. I decided to jump back into it because they are still updating it. Um, I think a, a major update came out on Friday, yesterday. Uh, their, their Halloween update update put, has now put in a, um, a second uh, boss creature, which is a, some kind of three-headed ghoul skeleton thing that fires fireballs that blow quite large chunks of the landscape up um not that i'm that really that interested in that particularly that it's just uh i used uh, the the fact that they had this update coming out as an opportunity to restart my old minecraft server which i run for my um housemates on a local area network um to basically create a new world and uh build stuff again uh, unfortunately, I'm the I'm the only one in at the moment because everybody else is out. <laughs> Shame. Uh, but yeah, and the major game I played this week, which I haven't brought up on the cast before because I only just rediscovered it, I think, on Monday, uh, is uh, a shoot 'em up called Ether Vapor Remaster, made by a Japanese developer called Edelweiss. Um, Edelweiss, thank you. Um, go play it if you like shoot 'em up games. Go play it seriously. What's it's it good. called? Uh, ether vapor. Okay. It's on Steam for like five quid. All right. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's pretty enjoyable. Um, like four ninety nine or three ninety nine for us. I got no the idea. Americas. I know five pound will probably be. Uh, I don't know seven eight pound. Uh, um, did you know that you can actually look up U.S. prices even though you're in the U.K., Quinn? Oh, can I? Yeah, yeah. At the end of the Earl, you put question mark. Um. Oh, I'll I, look I, it up. I, I question you, mark something equals US. Yeah, you know, I normally access stuff directly via the Steam store where you can't modify the URL. Ah, oh, okay. There's a way to do it there too. I just don't remember what it is. It is seven ninety nine in the US. Oh. Yeah, sounds about right. It, it's slightly more expensive than what I'd expect, but uh, I've I've been really enjoying it. So, because um, it does does have a, a, sta- a sort of standard. Uh, shoot 'em up storyline, as in it's not especially well developed, but um, usually you can't even it, follow them. You have to. Well, like, no, this one does. Uh, this one, uh, I think, at the very least, does have a followable storyline. That's an improvement, um, then. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it is. Um, it, and it, yeah, it may not be as good as say, uh, I don't know, Ikaruga or Radiant Silvergun, but it, if you enjoy it, if you enjoy shoot 'em ups, although I wouldn't say it, because it. It kind of uses three dimensions more than I've seen other shoot 'em ups, um, which kind of means that while the, the the entirety of stage one is played as a vertical shooter, pretty much the entirety of stage two is played as a horizontal shooter, and it kind of plays around with this. And the game has seven total stages. Um, but yeah, it makes use of 3D more than other shooters do. Oh, that sounds neat. Uh, mm. Does this count as a giant robot game? Because we had a lot of feedback that people want to hear you talk about giant robots more. <laughs> uh, you, the craft that you use is actually just a is a fight craft, but you do you do fight several giant robots. 
Good. I think that's important. Um, as much as I'd like to, like, say, rant and rave about uh, giant robots, I do have a pretty big giant robot, uh, important giant robot order, but it still it won't be here until t- about Tuesday next week. Mm. Uh, which is uh, where I um, imported uh, the Japanese version of the Zone of the Enders HD collection. Oh. Which is currently in a on a FedEx plane from Hong Kong. Okay. Because, um, which I will probably try be trying to live stream at some point during the week. If you know, if you want to see me fail at the original Zone of the Enders and the second game as well. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for that to come out here because I want to play through those games. They look. Yeah, fun. I'm. Yeah, I'm really. Well, and also the uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance demo as well, which looks incredible. Watermelon cutting, 2013. Uh. Well, not just well doing the same thing with watermelons, but doing it with people and tearing their spines out. Oh, okay. Tearing their uh, uh, their cyborg spines out because that's how you kill them permanently or something. Spinal tearage makes everything better. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like mean, Gallagher the... meets Mortal Kombat. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, I'd say that both games look very good. Um, they put a trailer up for. Zone of the Enders on the PSN this week. I had a look at that, and it's the. If I remember the, what they've done, is the original opening or one of the attract mode trailers that played when you started the game up did featured um, in-game footage as well as uh, some from the animated uh, animated cutscenes as well. But it, uh, um, at least uh, they've at least gone far enough to reanimate those in-game stuff with the new HD footage, so it does look really good. Nice. So, yeah, that day. so if people want to wait for me to talk giant robots, I will probably have something about Zone of the Enders next week. Good to hear. People are, I'm sure, waiting with bated breath. Which, by the way, that's spelled B-A-T-E-D, not B-A-I-T-E-D, because you're not waiting with breath that smells, smells like fish. Just, just yeah, and I don't know, bated breath? You eat a bunch of garlic before? Yeah. Mm. No. So uh, I've just been playing a couple things. Um, we played a little bit of WoW. I hit 86 finally, and I'm continuing to truck on until 90. And we played... Uh, I'm continuing to play more Pokemon. And But that's that's it. You know, I've been going back and collecting lots of little Pokemon. I've been thinking about playing things. Actually, I, that's not true. Because uh, on Extra Life last week, um, I did get to finally try out Dishonored. Um, so that's that's a new game that I actually played. And have you played any of that, Quinn? Uh, no, no, I haven't. My housemate owns the PC version of it, actually. But uh, no, I haven't had an opportunity to play it yet. So. I'm really loving the uh, art style of that game, uh, especially. Well, it was uh, the city design was done by the same guy who made um, uh, Half-Life 2. Which oh, may really? be the reason why you recognize it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that can make sense. Mm. Um, but uh, the... Uh, the combat is really cool, lots of options and stuff, and that's that's always great. But what I'm missing is um, the ability to, you know, this is a game that rewards you story-wise if you do better with stealth. Um, but I found that I can't play that game stealthily, at least not with a controller. And so this is a game where... Uh, oh, do you, have, do you have the console version? or? Yeah, I rented the PS3 version. Because it's a lot cheaper to try it out for two bucks a day with Redbox than to just buy it for sixty bucks on PC. 
And I figured, like, yeah. I never played these games on console. I'm going to try that experience of playing it on my couch. Be nice and relaxing. Um, but ultimately, I found out that first-person games and controllers don't really get along with me. Um, I seem to require a mouse and keyboard or something. I don't know. Uh, I, sure, I certainly appreciate it in Deus Ex. Uh, and that's a more stealthy game. Um, but here, I just feel like uh, they give you so many options. You have so many ways to approach every situation. But I just can't succeed at stealth in that game. And it's extraordinarily frustrating because uh, I want to. That's the option I want to do. I want to try out the stealthy stuff and not be hidden. And you'll you'll work really hard and get really far on into the game. And, and then you'll alert one person. And then everybody who you passed comes running up. And then you're surrounded by 85 million people. And you either got to kill them all, which the game lets you do really efficiently. Um, or you have to... Uh, well, lose and just start over. And it takes forever to make quick saves on the PS3, and it's just uh, it becomes a frustrating experience if you actually want to all stealth run. And you know, the yeah, just, I think this is particularly the reason why my uh, housemate, when when he got Dishonored, specifically bought it on PC. It seems like it, if you want to just kill people and stuff, don't 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 uh, be opposed to the console versions. But if you actually want to. I don't know, depending on... If you want to do things in a very certain way and reload until you get them, you might be frustrated with it on the console, is what I'll say. The game looks beautiful on the PS3. I really liked it, and I, you know, I had the surround and all that stuff going on, and, and, that's, and that's really nice, and I appreciate how easy that is to set up. I don't have to worry about... you know, I don't have to make any choices about how high to ramp the graphics settings up. They do all that for you. That's the nice experience of a console. Um, but ultimately, it just felt like a PC game that I really should be playing on PC, which is too bad because I like it on the big TV because it's it's a beautiful looking game and nice cinematic thing and steampunk era, whatever's going on and all that crazy stuff. Um, so I decided I'm going to put it to rest and I'm going to wait for it to go down to budget price on the PS3 on the PC before I pick it up again. So, ah, oh, so that that's uh, dishonored for me is uh, it's going on the back burner. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, to try any other RPGs. No, I didn't. I wanted to, but I didn't get to. Uh, yeah, so I guess that's now playing for this we week. We also played Rock Band during Extra Life. Oh, sure we did. And it was great because, of course, we uh, we live casted it and we had people coming in going, You suck! Yes. Someone said, I'd be embarrassed to broadcast this. <laughs> Dude, nice. I was in like a, the floppiest t-shirt in existence and pajama pants. If you thought I was going to be embarrassed to be on camera... Yeah, I know, right? Crazy. Oh, <laughs> uh, so extra life. Uh, we should sum up. Actually, that was a success, a rousing success. Uh, the site made thirty. Uh, excuse me, forty four hundred dollars, which is up from thirty six hundred dollars last year. So our team, way up. Thank you very much. All your donations are well appreciated. Um, the drawing for the prizes will be happening this Sunday, and we. Uh, you know, so that's that'll be going, and then uh, prizes are going out a lot sooner this year than they did last year. So all that's in progress. Um, overall, you know, great success. We got way closer to our goal of five thousand, and uh, yeah. So thank you for watching. Thank you for donating, and we'll be doing it again next year. And if you have any ideas of things we could try different, or um, you know, game ideas that we should be doing for next year, start brainstorming those and. I'd say about midsummer after E3's done is when we start trying to plan out Extra Life. So that's the time when we can start coming up with ideas for marathons or, or group events or that sort of stuff that we can uh, we can do for Extra Life. Oh, I didn't talk about Panzer Dragoon Saga. I tried Panzer Dragoon Saga during Extra Life. 
Did you enjoy uh, it? What did you think of it? I did enjoy it. Um, it's a bit too slow of a game for Extra Life because Extra Life is a, a, a marathon that you play. Um, you know, uh, you get tired. So uh, the game, the battle system, I found in in. So this is a this is an old game. This <laughs> is on the Saturn, so it looks it's in that awkward period where it doesn't have high end two D graphics and it doesn't have high end three D graphics. It's got low end three D graphics, and it's like yeah. So you know, it got that kind of yeah look to it but uh you get through there and you find it's got a really interesting combat system that nobody else does um that you you get to choose your position around the enemies and you get to choose which attacks you use and that the efficacy of the attacks changes based on where you are uh, in relative to position of the enemies and some enemies you you need to do different attack patterns and stuff so it's kind of combining a shooter with a with a rpg and that's really cool and different um and the story seems all right so far as far as i got i only got like five hours in or so over the course of the marathon i finished the first disc though <laughs> first disc was really short i guess i don't know maybe the game's kind of short i should rock it through the next three discs um and yeah as far as uh you know the enduring cherished rpg nature of it um i haven't gotten into anything that would really put it in the legendary hall of fame for me yet but maybe that comes in the later discs or things open up or there's a lot more stuff to pursue or something i haven't really gotten there so um, I've just gotten to the point where I'm playing around with adjusting the form of my dragon and getting better control of the battle system and kind of getting the story underway and, uh, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. And, uh, oh, and learning the exploration mechanics because, you know, you have these big maps that you fly around on on your dragon and you need to look for secrets and there's puzzles to solve and, and things that you do that you don't have to do to get to the next point in the level. But if you do them, you'll uh, unlock treasures and that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah. Uh, it kind of a neat little experience, and and I think it stands out because it's different. Um, so far, I haven't found anything that justifies its high price tag, <laughs> but I'll let you know if that changes. You're regretting that yet? <laughs> no, because I can turn around and sell it for the same price. True. It's it's unless this, they, this unless one's holding its value. Her, yeah, if they, they do that to me, I will release. be so frustrated. That would, I got him. Sorry, Chris, but that would be absolutely hilarious. It would be right. Well, that's kind of why I bought it because I knew this is the best way to get. Because I bought Radiant Silver Gun. They announced that I bought um. Uh, the the beat 'em up on the Saturn, the RPG beat 'em up. Guardian oh. Heroes. Yeah, Guardian Heroes. Then they announced that remake. Um, so I figured, oh, I'll buy Panzer June Saga, and they'll announce that remake. But so far, no go. Ah, <laughs> uh, damn it! <laughs> I should just resell all those now that I can get remakes. Or do I not trust the Xbox 360 versions to stay around forever? Hmm. That's a tricky one. That is a tricky one. Oh well. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, Saturn. I like the Saturn. All right. (laughs) Master Chief says they won't stay around forever. It's like, okay, I guess not. Hmm. Saturn is forever. Ah, well, it's been forever since we talked feedback. Feels like, so let's get into that. Mr. Arp. Oh, excuse me. Mr. Francesco. That's right. That's the first person who writes in and says, Hey, RPG cast crew, my apologies for the long email. I promise I'll make it shorter next time. Uh, last a podcast was better than Assassin's Creed book. Okay, I don't know what that means. Uh, let's see. It was great having Manny back on the cast. As usual, his wit and humor took the podcast to the next level. I'm not saying all episodes about Manny are bad, which is good because this week has no Manny. But Manny alters the chemistry of an episode in such a way that it turns a good episode into an exceptional one. Then he says, Chris, what happened? I watched a live stream this year and expected to see a glimmering assortment of character deaths. Instead, I was treated to a few close calls and you working it for a pervy wizard who required you to remove your armor and weapons before entering his dungeon. In all seriousness, for a while, you've been talking... He's talking about when I played Legend of Grimrock. There was a puzzle. 
You've oh, been talking, yeah, I remember you mentioning that one. You've been talking about setting up an RP Gamer game night, um, or excuse me, an RP game night, he calls it. Since everyone is together for podcasts, perhaps you can set one up during the podcast. I'm not saying you should do this all the time, as I prefer conversational podcasts, the ones where you are staring at the screen for two hours, but one every couple of months would be a nice change to the podcast formula. Also, tell Michael he should be coding the site right now and downloading Borderlands 2. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be downloading Borderlands 2. My feedback for Anna is that I hope you share some more stories of your time working at a Canadian GameStop and also working PR in the games industry. For the, I find those moments to be highly entertaining. For Quinn, you should keep up the robo-rants. I would know you would rather not oversaturate the podcast with gushing about your favorite genre, but I'd prefer if you sa- oversaturate the podcast gushing about your favorite genre. <laughs> Lastly, it was great having Alex back. I feel that he's one of the most underestimated po- members of the podcast. It was nice having Alex on, too. Uh, let's see. Yep, and that's uh, that's it. Anna, do you have any GameStop stories to share? Oh my, where do I start? Uh, <laughs> I think my favorite one, and I think it's just a cool one to to understand just what a GameStop employee deals with on a daily basis. Is I had a lady come in with a piece of paper in front of her, and she literally walked up to me and said, "Do you have the Sony Game Box?" And this was when the PlayStation Two, the GameCube, and the Xbox were all out. Oh, nice. I mean, I looked at her piece of paper, and it was Sony, next line, game, next line, box. And I'm like, I don't even know how to answer that question. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I ended up pulling out all three of, like, a sample package and opening it up and letting her look at the disc size. And, yeah, we realized that she was actually looking for a GameCube. (laughs) Nice. So <laughs> she's like, these discs seem big. This one seems smaller. These are all the discs that their friends have. I'm like, yeah, okay, they want a GameCube. But yeah, that that's my GameStop story of the day, otherwise known as EB Games in Canada. Wow. Oh, boy. The Sony Game Box. The Sony Game Box. They, I, you could turn that into a, some kind of fake advertising pitch. You probably could. <laughs> All right, Master the Sony Freight... Game Box. It plays everything. It plays every. It only plays everything. It plays all the things. Master Chief says, "Hey, RPG Cast, I got a question. Um, Doom Three BFG Edition was re- was recently released, and with it, a change the game was made. The flashlight mechanic of the original version, whereby you couldn't use a weapon and a flashlight at the same time, was replaced with a flashlight system more akin to Half Life, where the light is mounted to your suit, but has a battery that drains during use and recharges when off." Um, I think uh, Carmack or whoever uh, is Carmack the one who does the id games yeah, or whatever um, yeah I think he commented that they didn't have the tech to do the flashlight and the and the gun at the same time originally which is That's the reason why like what within two days of Doom 3 coming out someone released a mod that did exactly that yeah I know what's up with that well we didn't have the tech okay whatever anyway Mess Chief says if you were able to re-release an RPG with a non-graphical gameplay alteration what game would it be and what change would you make to the gameplay functions he'd re-release Final Fantasy VIII replaced the god-awful draw and junction systems with a more traditional MPHP system and would actually make the game playable. Oh, See, come on. Me, What's not no, no. to like about junctioning? Yeah, you like junctioning. For me, if I would have had redesigned the Final Fantasy VIII system, I wouldn't replace draw and junction. I would basically make it like um, the way that Final Fantasy IX gave you abilities. So it was like while you equipped a spell... Well, you drew the spell, you were drawing up to 100%, and then when you were at 100%, you could equip that spell. And while you equip the spell, you would learn the spell up to 100%, and then you could cast it without affecting the equipment 
version of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's what it makes sense. So you still maintain the draw function. You still maintain the junction function, but you're able to utilize them without punishing yourself. Fair enough. I think the response I gave in the thread was uh, if they ever did a re-release of Skies of Arcadia, put more ship battles in because those were cool and there weren't enough of them. That's a good idea. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I would do. I can never decide for things like this. Hmm. I would make summons a little more useful in Final Fantasy 7 and 9. You'd never want to cast them because they have ridiculous countdowns and stuff. Hmm. A non-graphics update. I would say Final Fantasy 7 through 9 with completely redone sound. Ooh. But I like the music in... I don't like the PlayStation I... sound chip. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it could be worse. It could be the PC version. I but hey, the PC version I played sounded good because I bought the sound card that let you use the good sounds. Yeah, the Yamaha. Well, it, I, 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 I went with the uh, the Sound Blaster side, but yeah, the Yamaha would work too. But yeah, well, it's just the fact that um, you know it just doesn't work on any Windows version above XP, even if you can get even that uh, brand new version that's out uses the crappy MIDI. It's really sad. Yeah, it's really really sad. <laughs> You'd think they'd be able to figure it out. Nah, we don't want to touch it. We'll just make a boot. Which but basically means fixing a lot of the video and codecs, and that's all they did. Oh, hey, as long as yeah. it fixed that bug that I kept encountering in my old PC version of it, it's probably still better. The Ooh. one that crashed right, always crashed right in the middle of an important cinematic on the second disc. I know exactly I, what game. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I had to download a save file to get past that. And ouch, in... that sucks. Well, you know that you know that uh, you know that sort of fairly impressive FMV that plays at the end of the Northern Crater segment at disc, on disc, about halfway through disc two? No, I don't remember that specifically. Oh, okay. It basically, it would always crash during that FMV, without fail. This is on the PlayStation or on the... No, it's on the PC. On the PC. Yeah, so oh. I had to get eventually just download a save file to get past that, that put the... put You know, that was saved at the next save point. Ouch. That's awful. Hmm. Yeah. I never really... I don't think I ever actually figured out what was causing it and another uh, once I bought a different computer the problem evaporated I did figure out exactly what I would want for this um, I would like to re-release Dark Souls and uh, Demon Souls with an easy mode <laughs> because I honestly care more about playing through those games than I do about mastering myself and getting to the zen like state that you're required to get to to actually be good at them mostly because I suck at games so there that's fair enough <laughs> All right, let's see. Next letter is, no matter what, it's always better in purple. Ocelot writes in and says, so Nintendo, Nintendo, not Nintendo, Nintendo recently reported it's going to fall short of its original 18.5 million sales goal for the 3DS. The uh, new estimate's now 17.5 million units, so down a million. Oh, and it's going to have to cut its profit forecast by more than 50%, from 20 billion yen to about 6 billion. Shucks. Well, to help them out, I figure I'd I'd do a Nintendo-themed round of questions. Number one. I like the new English trailer for Fire Emblem Awakening. Who else enjoyed it and is looking forward to the game? Um, what he's referring to is a trailer that came out during the Nintendo Direct um, yesterday, or two days ago, and uh, where we get to see a lot of the footage and gameplay stuff, and it, it looked really nice, didn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm more excited for other things, but yeah, I mean, Fire Emblem wasn't bad. I'd be more excited if they'd given a date. In a few months or so, right? 
Yeah, so it looks it's um, gonna it's gonna be a 2013 game. Yeah, unfortunately, a, a trailer for a tactical RPG I'm way more interested in came out on Friday. Oh, what's that? I'll mention it during the news. All right. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, here's Manny. He might anyone anyone who knows what I rant about on the podcast can probably guess though. Yeah. Let's <laughs> be honest. All right, I, I'm really looking forward to Fire Emblem. I don't know, Manny. Are you looking forward to Fire Emblem Awakening? Fire Emblem Awakening. Yes. Let me think. Let me think. Uh, what platform would I have to get? 3DS. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. If Michael were here, he'd be looking forward to it. Thanks for joining, Manny. Uh, Sorry I'm late. Uh, dentist appointment fell through, so I ended up just saying if I could make the last half of the cast. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Uh, we're glad to have you. Uh, we're talking about uh, Nintendo-themed questions now. Professor Layton and the Miracle Mask is about to come out next week. Rate your interest on a scale of 1 to 1,000, where 1 is chilly and cold, 838 is fired up, and 59 is medium grilled, uh, as far as your interest for Mir- Professor Layton and the Miracle Mask. 1,126. Ah. So yeah. is that good or bad? Yeah, I That's don't know. Good. Um, I, w- I would say I'm medium well. I don't know what nu- what number that is. Manny, where do you rate? Uh, let me check out that new Giant Bomb quick look that you just threw up, and I'll let you know afterwards. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just posted like two minutes ago. John, do you care about Layton games? I uh, haven't played any of them, and I generally just sort of mad about the whole thing. They're pretty good. Um, I'm a little bit frustrated that they're... I like the story of those games, so the, the last two games and uh, the next one that'll be the last one um, apparently have all been prequel games and I kind of wanted more story beats um, later in the timeline so that's kind of what's holding me back for excitement on the latent stuff because the puzzles are good and the and the animation and story stuff is good and so I like uh, so really to see uh, to have a game that isn't hitting home for the story for me kind of makes it a little bit more disappointing but oh well anyway uh, number three, I want Nintendo to release a Skylanders giant lookalike game ASAP with Nintendo characters and I'm not just talking Pokemon Unfortunately, it usually takes Nintendo quite some time to catch up to a trend. When do you think we'll start seeing Nintendo's first entry into the NFC space? When will the portals of Nintendo power open? I, I guess he didn't hear that Nintendo power is shutting down. <laughs> or either he did know that they were shutting down and was just making a joke. Oh, that's probably right. Um, How hmm. ironic that they're published by a company named Future. Mm-hmm. Good old Future Publishing. <laughs> So NFC, yeah. when is that going to happen? So uh, Nintendo's totally going to do it, right? I can, I mean, I'm sure Nintendo's looking at that Skylanders money and going, "I want a piece of that." We got Pokemon, we got the original one. I, I, I don't know that they're going to do it. Really? Come I, on, I think it's such a cash cow. I think they'll have some games that have a few pack in pieces that are gimmicks for the NFC tie-in, and they just will never be able to execute on the scale of a Skylanders. But they were they were able to deliver with uh, Pokemon toys, Pokemon and like everywhere, Pokemon stuffed animals, Pokemon at Burger King, Pokemon trading cards. Mm, I don't know. They the the stuffed toys. I think the toy market in Japan is a lot better than it is here, and I just don't think they can execute in the U.S. well enough for toys. So what's Activision's magic with uh, Skylanders? Um, cutthroat businessmen who know how to talk to U.S. toy dealers or something. I don't know. Hmm. I you're right yeah maybe I'm totally wrong but I'm calling I'm saying no you guys are saying yes and the question is when so let's say they're going to pull this off they got to do it sooner right 
we got to see this by next Christmas, you think? Sooner the better. I mean, kids yeah. are fickle, right? Yeah, I mean, it would have to, to land by next fall if it's really going to take off and, and launch the system into awesome success. I wouldn't be, I don't know, plus parents, I don't know, I, I, I want to throw this in there, like parents will be wary by then of, of these uh, game. you know, I need to play this to make the game better, mom. Hmm. I'm sure they'll be wary by then, but then again, they'll still buy it anyway, right, to make your kid happy. Physical DLC. Anna and I have been collecting all the Skylanders. Um, oh, Giants too? That's the thing. Um, we're having trouble getting excited to spend all the money to collect all the Giants. Oh, but they have new poses, and they're slightly different. Well, they, yeah, that's part of the issue is there's a lot of repeat Skylanders, and then there's new Skylanders that are repeat, but they have they light up and have new abilities in the game, and then there's the really expensive Giants, which are 15 bucks a piece. And all the prices are higher now than they used to be. And so it's kind of like, hmm, that's a lot of money. And it's like, looking back at what we've been doing with the Skylanders we collected, um, it's not that much. So maybe the new game will come out, and that'll revive us, and we'll regret the fact that we're not well, out buying out them all right now. Well, but, but we're, we're waiting for the Wii U for the version. Wii for, yeah, yeah. That way we have something to play in the Wii U. <laughs> Besides the other three games we're getting? Yeah. What, Nintendo Land is a game now? We're counting that? It's an experience. Yeah, okay. Lego City Undercover Skylanders and Nintendo Land. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hardcore gaming on the Wii U coming our way. Oh, man. All right, so number four. 2013, we'll see the revival of the Pikmin franchise and a once-loved character. Where's that characters? We'll see a great video game reimagining. Who else should Nintendo bring back from the past in order to give them the Wii U treatment? Kid Icarus, Kid Icarus. Hmm. With like good controls. On no, your... I, I, I just that's what you're supposed to say as a Nintendo fan, right? Where's my Kid Icarus game? Well, it's on the 3DS, but oh, putting that something like count. that on the Wii U instead might be good. Um, uh, a new Met- I wouldn't mind seeing a new Metroid Prime in that kind of style. Oh yeah, Metroid Prime would be kind of cool. How another about one. another Princess Peach game? Princess Peach. All right. Who's yeah, a character cause... who hasn't get, had a game in a long time? F Zero, mm. Captain Falco. Oh. All right, would love to see a new F Zero done in the same style as Wipeout HD. Interesting. And you can even have the motion controls built into the into the the controller, and you can like an extra wheel on there. I don't know uh, uh, what's it called, rear view mirror in the back or something. Hmm, this is a good idea. All right. Yeah, everyone's gonna have a built-in steering wheel, right, from day one. They, oh, yeah, because it's big enough that you can hold like that. Mm. I think uh, I can't ask for a new Earthbound game, right? So let's see. Abandon oh, Nintendo characters. Someone has to have a list. Oh, they do. Wait, a new down periscope? All right. So Wave Race? <laughs> Custom Robo? No. Star Fox. Down. How about a new Star Fox game? Uh, which one? Furry Star Fox or... Well, I guess that's me. I mean, uh, Legend of Zelda Star Fox is what I mean. and Or Flight Sim Star Fox. Flight oh. Sim Star Fox, please. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. We need, I like can another, we need another shooter. But I say Flight Sim, I mean, like, I want, I want, you know, you land on your ship, the Great Fox, you go out on missions or, like, Colony Wars. That what I want. I don't want to see, like, a, you know, on-rail shooter. I'd love to see, like, something more in-depth from Nintendo and the Star Fox franchise. Yeah, I think Star Fox is really in need of it. That or Ice Climbers. <laughs> if you fall off, you land on the gamepad, and you have to climb back up onto the main screen. 
Dude, Boy, that is what? an awesome idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably. I think it's already in Nintendo Land, actually. <laughs> All right. So there we go. There, that's what we want. All right, number five. I'm finally going to be picking up a 3DS XL this holiday season, most likely on Black Friday. Other than Super Mario 3D Land, can you recommend another must-play title for the system? Harvest Moon in the beginning. Oh, it's such a show. <laughs> um, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Um, Pokemon Black 2. Oh, that's wait, that's DS, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the new Professor Layton and Super Paper Mario Sticker Star Yeah, Saga. Sticker Star is probably the one to look forward to. Wait, is that out yet? Or when is that coming out? That's coming out. Um, it'll be out November, by Black Friday. Yeah, it'll be up by Black Friday. I think it's November 20th. Um, but yeah, in the uh, forum thread about um, Sticker Star, I said, if I don't get it for Christmas, I'm going to stab someone finally with my 3DS. With your 3DS. Virtue's Last Reward is a good game to get on that, but you can also get it on your uh, Vita. Um, sequel to 999, great text adventure game. Uh, let's see. Oh, not text adventure. Visual novel slash puzzle game. Uh, Sticker Star, and I'm trying to think of the other big ones. There just aren't that many, is the problem. <laughs> Oh, poor Zelda is is great on there, and if you've already played that, then you're kind of like, yeah, because you've already played it. So, I don't know. what about uh? Because they changed some of the levels and stuff. Um, yeah, um, overclocked. Oh, Devil Survivor. Hmm. Devil Survivor. Is overclocked. that a must play? Oh yeah, it's good. I mean, I played it on the DS, and then I went back and played it on the 3DS as well. My that was also because I kept running into a game crashing bug on the original DS one. <laughs> Oh, well, snap. <laughs> How about uh, Nintendogs plus cats? No? No? No. Okay. Hmm. Uh, the, let's see. Ice Age Cont... No, that's not... Uh, Cookie Mama 4. Cookie Mama 4? They're up to four of those things? That's ridiculous. There's also oh, yeah. a bunch of, four. like, um, break-offs where it's, like, Camping Mama and stuff like that. Croquet Mama, Campin' Mama. Is Code of Princess in that must-buy category yet? I can only think of one future game I really, I'm really considering getting the 3DS for, and that's like a SMT4. But that's a ways off, right? Even for U.S. North America. And mm-hmm. Aram won't be writing clever copy for us. Yeah, Aram left happen. Atlas this week. That's kind of He is done news. as of yesterday. Sad panda. Mm. But he had a great send-off. Did he? Yes. Oh, but I'm not sure I can talk about it till oh, Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> All right then. Hmm. Looking for anything else here? Yeah, not much else. Poor 3ds. Need some games. Really need some games. Oh, there's a rabbits game coming. Hmm. All right. So what else we got? Uh, oh, that's our last question. Thank you, Ocelot. He says, but we have a voicemail. We do. So let's listen to that now. Uh, yeah, RPG. I'm wondering, the people who are playing Pokemon Black and White in your group, have any of them use the uh, Pokemon Dream Radar to get some of the extra Pokemon, the secret Pokemon, or the extra items later? Uh, thank you, uh, Draconis. Uh, yes, we are. I, I, I'm playing, uh, I'm doing uh, the Dream Radar, and I've gotten a couple Pokemon that uh, I didn't have in the game so that was a nice way to get those unlocked yeah i think the muna that we keep swapping back and forth is a dream radar one right i think so yeah 
And uh, it's a very... Um, it's so the Dream Radar is a game that you it costs like five bucks on the eShop. You download it to your 3DS. And then um, what you do is you, you use... A, it's an augmented reality game. So there's these cl- clouds floating around above you. And so you aim the 3DS at them. And then you press buttons to shoot the clouds. And every so often a cloud... Um, a Pokemon comes out. And it shows up as a big energy ball. And you have to like pound the A button on a beam and chase it around the room until you actually capture the Pokemon. Or um, sometimes a Pokemon will get away, but you'll get an item from that Pokemon that's useful to have in your game. And then all that stuff can be transferred into your Black and White 2, and uh, boom, Dream Radar. That's how it works. And uh, I'm not all the way through, so I haven't gotten to the really hard-to-get Pokemon, like the the legendary-type stuff that's locked in there. But I'm working my way through it. I heard that um, if you have, uh, if you use your Diamond and Pearl carts yeah and also uh heart gold soul silver and platinum as well um you can capture or do something with the legendaries from those games oh if you still have them i do what do i do i don't know it's, i i don't know how the thing works all i remember is just have you still got if you've still got your uh copy of uh say platinum or something like that yeah. uh hook it into your hook it into the um 3ds slot while running dream radar Oh, okay. Hmm. I will have to try that. I've got I've got platinum, I've got pearl, I've got um soul silver and I've got uh white one and white two, so I can try all those. Good thing to try for next week. All right, thank you for the voicemail. If you'd like to leave feedback for the podcast, we've got a few ways for you to do it. Board.rpgamer.com. That's our message boards. Go there, go to the latest updates section. There's a thread for the podcast every week. Leave your message in the thread. We'll talk about it on the show. Um well, if it's interesting or you ask a question. Um, you can also email us directly, podcast at rpgamer.com, rpgamer.com. That's uh, our email address. And 608-729-4098, 608-729-4098. That's our voicemail. Keep them under 30 seconds if possible, and we can play right here on the show like we did for Draconis. All right, I think it's time for the news, people, right? Shall we dance around the MMO in a minute? Let's do it. That, that's your cue to go. I think the anime just have to load the document or something. Oops, no, I muted myself. Loading time. <laughs> no, I muted myself. Okay, okay, here we go, everyone. Here's your MO in a minute. So, top headlines for the week of October 22nd through 28th. Um, World of Warcraft Missa Pandaria discusses botters, outlines, patch 5.1 notes and changes. EVE online player loses approximately $6,500 USD in ga- in in-game currency. Oopsie. Guild Wars 2 screams at Shadow of the Mad King. Artix announces Oversoul, a new browser game, is going into beta. Ellsworth PC announces Halloween events is both ridiculously cute and scary at the same time. Shot Online Siege, huge U-Haul, UI overhaul, first in eight years. Spacetime Studios both expands and gets in the Halloween season. They're having Halloween events for all three of their browser and iOS titles. Maple Story hosts a Halloween masquerade, Dragon Nest, Chapter 6 officially launched. The Elder Scrolls Online this week had many journalists come in to play their game. Impressions can be found on 80 bajillion sites, including rpgamer.com. Okay, so tell me how this guy lost $6,500 in EVE. That sounds like he was caught hauling... um, Basically, uh, game time cards in EVE Online can be converted into an item that can be sold on the the market in-game. Right. Um. Basically, he was. He actually had blueprints. Oh, really? 
And the oh, okay. blueprints were worth approximately two hundred and fifteen billion isk. Ah, uh, yes, that's now, a lot. If you convert <laughs> isk to plex, which is the monthly um, subscription, yeah, um, that's about um, six thousand five hundred dollars towards subscriptions. So, yeah, quite a lot. Yeah, it's something like 6,000, it's 16, 1,680 months of EVE Online. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. So, and I mean, it wasn't like he had a bad strategy or anything. It was like he stuffed these, you know, 215 billion of blueprints into like this tiny, unassuming ship with no mods on it or anything. It just started zipping through, you know, null space, hoping to, you know, fly under the radar and uh, didn't. It's called NullSec, no. actually. I, no. I just remember I just remember someone doing something similar, but with the actual game time item itself. Mm. Wow. And then got shot down in... Actually, I think he got suicide ganked or something and lost uh, something like 50 of them. So wow. there's going to be some controversy going on about this because EVE Online, like their Facebook and stuff, is reporting this as a legit kill at that value. And EVE kill... Um, which is the website that covers all of the economy disruptions, is actually only valuing the kill at about 5.1 billion isk, as opposed to 213. Mm. So that's that's something that EVE players are going to have to watch over the next few days, and we'll see if it boils up into some drama. Mm-hmm. All right. EVE so- drama? <laughs> Never. Never. Yeah. So that was cool for the week. Here's something I never thought would happen that happened. Uh, NIS announced that uh, Disgaea D2 is coming, and it's going to be a sequel to the original Di- uh, Disgaea, like an actual story sequel, like right after Disgaea 1, with all the main characters, Laharl, Etna, Flan, making their return. It's a direct sequel, and it'll be out on PS3 in March 20th, 2013 in Japan. No idea when it's coming out in the U.S., hopefully late next year, but we don't really know. They haven't announced it yet. And that's that's cool because I really like the story in the first Disgaea, and I'd love to see more of that. And oh, I pre- I prefer Disgaea two personally. So you want a direct sequel to Disgaea two? Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. Okay. And Manny and Anna haven't played Disgaea, so yeah, I oh, have. I've I played the I, first I three. Disgaea. Oh, okay. Do you guys care about a sequel I'm, to Disgaea one? No, I'm stoked about it because Laharl and Etna were like my favorite characters, and the whole reason I kind of stopped, I petered out of two and three, was that I found I wasn't connecting to the characters in the same way that I was connecting to Laharl and Flan and Etna. So I'm a little tired of Item World, I'll be honest. So I'm really hoping they, they get some good improvements for that. But um, beyond that, yeah, I'm I'm stoked for this. So mm. I didn't play Disgaea four. I'll play this. Cool. Sixteen-year-old me would be very happy. Sixteen-year-old you, all right? <laughs> yeah, but he died a decade ago. Now, does, <laughs> <laughs> that's too bad. So he won't be able to enjoy the new ports for Penny Arcade's Rainslick Precipice of Darkness Three. Oh, yeah. Oh well, maybe he will. What platforms are we talking? iOS devices, Android, and Mac OS coming out already. Right. Out came out two days ago, and it comes with this new layer of the Seamstress DLC, right? Yeah, and the old um, furry gender swap DLC as well. Yep. So all the free, because all that the DLCs had to happen. Yes, all the DLCs out for these new versions, and um, there's free DLC if you already already have the PC version, and it's all there. Um, let me see. The pack includes an additional dungeon for characters above level forty, along with a zombie themed costume pack, just in time for Halloween. I love it. Cool. Sounds great. All right. So what else we got? 
Da, 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 da. Oh, more Anissa news. Uh, they announced that there's going to be releasing Generation of Chaos Pandora's Reflection. This time, this is an announcement for the West. So this is a sixth entry in Generations of Chaos series. Uh, these are all tactical RPGs. I think traditionally these haven't scored that well on our site, right? So, uh, but, okay, nobody can back me up on that. Well, I think the one that I played, I never actually got around to reviewing because it sucks so much I didn't want to play it. Okay, so hopefully this will be different. I don't know. This one might be different. I haven't heard anything about this one, the sixth one. Uh, it'll be coming out on for PSP as a PSN-only downloadable title. That means you... You'll probably be able to play it on your Vita, though. Who knows if it'll be day one or not. It'll be February 19, 2013 in the U.S. and uh, February 20th in Europe. Uh, and if you are looking... Oh, oh yeah. So let's take a little break from newsy stories and point out a couple, uh, couple uh, impression-type things that we have on the site right now. Um, Mac, Michael Cunningham, MacStorm is his handle, uh, he, he's been playing a game that's not out yet. It comes out on the 30th called Ragnarok Odyssey. So this is a game that a lot of people compare to Monster Hunter, but it's not exactly like Monster Hunter. This is on the Vita, right? It is on the Vita, and okay. he's been enjoying it. He seems to really like it, um, and he's put up a beginner's guide on our site that you can read through right now, and it'll give you some tips on how to get started in the game and how to get, get things going. And hopefully, you can maybe branch from that and you know email him and try to get his contact info because this is a game that supports multiplayer, and I think he needs people to play with. But you have to wait till the thirtieth, and the game comes out, and you have to catch up to him. But still. Um, regardless of all that. He's got the guide up right now. You can look for it on our site. It's called Ragnarok Odyssey Beginner's Guide, and uh, we got that going, so go check that out. And after that, Mac Mac is not done with you because he's also got impressions, hands-on impressions of The Elder Scrolls Online, as Anna Marie alluded to earlier. Uh, He's got a full rundown of whether or not it's an Elder Scrolls game or an MMO, how you kill stuff, how you customize, um, and all sorts of stuff for the future. He got a chance to actually play the game so I don't know how that worked, but uh, yeah. It's funny. Just it, last week we were talking about how this went dark, and we yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I know made that, that comment a, on the forums too. Yeah, it's like the day after we we put that show up, this comes out, and it's like, oh, well, I guess they're not so dark. <laughs> yeah, no, it seems like they actually flew a bunch of people into their studio because there's a, there was both a studio tour and like a couple of hours of hands on. So yeah. very cool. So go read through that right now. Hands on impression, The Elder Scrolls Online. All right, let's go around the media. So here's you, a big one. Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask, did you cover this last week, that uh, Square Enix is licensed Unreal 4, the first uh, public company to do so? No, I mean, we co- didn't. Company to publicly. No. Oh. So, so well, you that's, know, that's, a ga- that's an engine that's not even out. for, Manny. Mm. So that's an unreleased okay. engine, and the, that's why it's news, because this engine's not even out, and they've already licensed it? And then, like, the first public company to, to say, yeah, we're using UE4 for some... Uh, we licensed it, we're going to be using it for some future titles. Yeah, they made it sound like every all their upcoming titles that aren't like RPGs are going to use UE3 or UE4. I'm not surprised. I was thinking this is more for the idle side of the company, right? Yeah. Probably. I, I'm still... I wouldn't mind seeing what the what the Japanese devs could do with, Unreal, with the UE4. Uh, well, you might remember what they did with UE3. It was called The Last Remnant. Mm, that's true. Some people love that. Some play it on PC is what I heard. Yeah, on play that it one. on PC. Well, that's all they I can made say about an it. MMO built off of it as well. Remember, it was um, maybe it was me and Michael that played it, where it was like um, a free roaming MMO that you would get random encounters, and when you got into a random encounter, it actually changed into a TRPG with a grid system. Ah, oh, sounds familiar. 
Yeah. It does, actually. Well, it, you're, you're, it, it also made... sounds like that uh, Dofus follow-up. Um, but... No, no, it's not Wakfu. This right? is not Wakfu. This yeah. is Square Enix. Or is Square Enix doing Wakfu, too? Yeah. They're publishing oh, yeah, it here. Yeah, you sell them at their Oh, appointment. no, this was like four years ago. Which ironically oh. does still qualify for Wakfu, but let's move on. Uh, from did, they, did, they, did they ever release Fantasy Earth Zero outside of Japan? No. Okay, that's the only other one I can think of. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which one you're referring to. Oh, I think another reason why this story was making some news is because remember uh, they showed off that footage, their their Agni footage for that like the next gen Final Fantasy Tech demo, mm-hmm. and people thought that was their showcase for their new engine. So I'm guessing what Agni is going to be their new Final Fantasy and RPG engine, and then Unreal Engine Four is going to be what they're is what the next like uh, what's it called Un- uh, Hitman game or whatever. Sounds, is gonna be. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That's it. And uh, really quickly, if you, you want to get away from the mutual stuff, 38 Studios had their big auction oh, the same day. Oh, so sad. Yeah. So like a, a thousand bidders came, and how much money did they end up making? Mm, I don't remember. Uh, the first the first auction was like 16,000, but that was a small one. Uh, that was the big, huge games auction. Uh, auction... Let's oh, see. it was funny. If you six hundred fifty thousand, six hundred fifty thousand for this one. Go ahead. If you uh, followed a uh, Rich Gallup on Twitter, he he went there and he was live tweeting the entire thing, talking about how this is my crappy desk. They're auctioning off my crappy whiteboard. Good, take that chair. It sucks. You know that kind of stuff. Just like just sort of giving a, a, a blow by blow of everything that was going. And this on is to try to recoup fifteen million dollars in debts. Yeah. <laughs> so they're not quite there. No. But you could have got a great deal on some office chairs if you wanted it. Great. And some Linux-based computers. So last week, I think we talked a little about um, a new RPG Kickstarter that had gone up called Old School RPG. Right? Or Shaker, an old school RPG. And now it's gone. And now we've learned that uh, a week later, after the Kickstarter got off to an okay start, getting up to 244000 they've canceled the Kickstarter and decided, um, you know... Uh, you know, here's what they say. In the industry, games are pitched every day. Some make it to the next stage, but many don't, like those named above. Uncharted Isles, Mineshaft, Con- Contraption. I don't know any of those games, but okay. We regret to announce that we're adding Shaker and Old School RPG to the latter list. Uh, da, 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 da. We're grateful for our fans. We're excited about the game. Um, yeah, blah, 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 blah. All right. Ultimately, our pitch just wasn't strong enough to get the traction we felt it needed to thrive. Sure, it may have made it. We could have fought our way to a possibly successful end, but in reading your feedback and talking it over internally... Uh, we decided that it made more sense to kill it and come back with something stronger. In game design, mercy killing is the law. So please accept our thanks and apologies in equal order. Accept, expect something more soon. So they killed it, and they're going to try and do something bigger because they didn't like the reception they were getting. Um, yeah. This is one that conceptually I didn't care that much about because like, we got a lot of these big old RPGs announced right now, and I don't need another one. But uh, I, I'm kind of interested to know how seriously they're taking forum feedback as, as a critique of their pitch. Um, it seems like that might be dangerous to do, don't you think? No, oh, just a little. You just a little. So I don't know, but uh, yeah. I don't, Wasteland Two is thriving off of it. Is it? Well, or so they say. That's what they say. <laughs> we'll see how the game turns out. I suppose. Well, well, interesting that you that you uh, that we're talking about Wasteland Two because just this week there was a story about how the developers will be working with molecular biologists to make the game sci-fi world as believable as possible. You guys hear about this? No, I did not. No, this sounds kind of dumb, I'll be honest. So pitch me on it. Okay, okay. So Wasteland 2, you know, uh, 
uh, in exile developers like headed up by Brian Fargo with making plan to the Kickstarter game, and they're going to be collaborating with Montreal-based science consultancy firm Thwack Thwack T W A C K E to make a sci-fi world more believable. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Here's here's the quote. Uh, I lost the quote. Okay, will ultimately impact gameplay and narrative. Okay, that's the only quote in there. Everything else is just a quick little summary. But yes, the wax. Oh no, no. In, in Exile, to... said Brian said the more smart guys we have, looking at the writing design is always a good thing. In this case, we have a group of very bright people checking our work. All right. I don't know. It seems a little bit strange where you know we have green radiation clouds flowing around, making like zombie people that worried about. Whoa! whoa. How how accurate is this zombie? <laughs> If yeah. this water was contaminated, how much would I have to drink before I turned and grew my third arm? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just, it's just it's interesting because you know it's like we we need a science consultant for Fallout Three. I mean that seems a little ridiculous, but hey, if it makes the game better, why not? Yeah, I suppose. It sounds like shtick and spiel. That that it does. Reserved. Brought in to create realistic creatures that are a byproduct of their environment, biological and chemical warfare that makes sense, and the medical know-how that will allow the game's writers to create characters who can really, realistically survive the scarce, scarciest of resources. Scarcest. Scarciest. All right, there you go. Maybe. Are you ready to the same Polygon story I am? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I got it. All right. Hey, everyone, Polygon launched. Yeah, which is to say, instead of being stuck on the horribly designed Verd page, they have a slightly less horribly designed dedicated page. Woohoo! Go hey, Polygon. Hey, that. Didn't you watch the documentary? This is serious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. Have you been watching the documentary every episode? No, I haven't seen a single... I, I, I saw like the intro of the first one and said, I can't handle this. This is this is taking itself way too seriously. I yeah, the couple off. of people that I've been asked about it, they're like, I watched five minutes and realized that all they're doing is wanking, so I turned it off. <laughs> you guys need to see the episode about reviews. Apparently everybody I was discussing it with is British. If you guys think that... I mean, just wait till you see the episode about reviews. Oh, is it... More self-aggrandizing, or is it um, actually useful? We got on Twitter and started making fun of uh, Arthur Geese and all those other people. Wait, doesn't he work there? Be- well, and there was a little sort of journalism drama this week about uh, surrounding Eurogamer. I don't know if you followed this, Manny. Oh, please do tell really quick, if you don't mind. Um, so there, there's like the Video Game Journalism Awards where everybody gets together and pats themselves on the back, right? Of course. And the the companies are now coming in and giving prizes away to the journalists if they do something like tweet a hashtag. So, I mean, it's, it's advertising and you know, mm-hmm. the, the potential to win a PS3, which probably is a system they already have is sort of like a peculiar setup. But anyways, um, basically this guy on Eurogamer um, ragged on these people that it's like you guys have thousands of followers that are influenced by the things you tweet and you are tweeting advertisements for a company and you don't see why this is a clear conflict of interest in your future writing and he basically named three names that he felt um like had really um recent examples of things that it's like i want to trust you but now i don't know if i can and one of them threatened to sue eurogamer so they changed his article and pulled a huge section out of it so he was like well if i can't write i quit 
Although at first it was like, you can't write about this and you're fired, was the rumor going around. Is this the new Gertzman Gate? The Gertzman Gate of 2012? I don't know. Yeah. This was all sort of prompted by this picture of Keeley sitting, looking like just oh, with a completely yes. dead look in his eyes between Halo 4 Mountain Dew and Doritos. Yes. You've oh, seen yeah. this picture of Jeff Keeley, right? I like the gif where they have him just slowly nodding his head like, this is my life. <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> You know, that's I will say that's the good thing about the Spike VGA Awards. There's no there's no pretense about that. That's you're, you're there for the trailers, the exclusive trailers, and the awards don't even really matter. Yeah, and everyone knows that. There, I don't think any of any of us take seriously like, oh, did you guys hear? Uncharted won a VGA award. Oh, finally, he got the he got the attention it deserved. Poor Spike TV. That's going to be our only video game network. I don't know if you guys heard the uh, X Play and Attack of the Show game uh, are canceled. On G4, so no more Attack of those. Of the games? Well, okay. So X Play was canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the show was about Olivia Munn wearing costumes and doing silly things. Yeah, <clears throat> no, she's not and, on that show anymore. And then getting replaced by someone even less famous than her. Yeah, yeah. You know what I care more about this week? That Gangnam Style and Call Me Maybe are coming to Dance Central Three. That might uh, actually make me buy Dance Central Three. You guys, I, I know Chris, you don't watch South Park, but South no. Park sort of, but you know, there's oh, every now and then there's like a comedy bit or a show that sort of just puts the nail in that coffin. Oh yeah. Just, did they did South they end Park. Gangnam Style somehow? Oh, they just ended it. Oh. They just made, it was the Halloween episode. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, like everyone in the entire town dressed up as Gangnam Style, and then eventually they went to the town Halloween party. There was like twenty guys dressed in Gangnam Style, and they're all dancing, and they all think they're so original. And eventually, some guy comes out as Gangnam Style. It's like, oh, why didn't I think of Gangnam Style? That's so Gangnam Style. You know, like Frankenstein. Like Frankenstein. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, but they sort of put the 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 kibosh on that one. I don't know about you, but I feel like Gangnam Style is like the the Macarena of our of our day at this point. Oh, oh it totally on. is. It's great. But I actually like it as opposed to the Macarena. No, I, I liked it when it was this small little thing. That oh, was like, come oh, on! Oh, you're gonna be all hipster about it? I like you're it gonna be hipster, it Manny. Come on, Manny. You were the one responsible for starting it. No, he wasn't. Like, no, no. But I mean, starting it amongst the staff because he was the one yes, who was peddling it to the to the staff at uh, it Run to the Sun. Yeah. I seem, cause I seem to remember Sam complaining about this thing called Gangnam Style that Manny keeps on talking about. <laughs> no, but it was just so it, it was because it was this, you know, it was this thing that was like it's small and it's quirky. And like people pay attention. Look what's interesting that's coming out of Korea now. It's just like he's on the MTV Music Awards. He's on a starting life sketch with Seth MacFarlane. Did you guys see that? No. I mean, this is what I mean by played out to the point where you're like, I'm surprised he's not selling Chicken McNuggets. In oh, front wait, of the wait. The Saturday Night Live sketch were in the shoe store or the hat store or whatever? Yeah, yeah, I did see that. I liked that. That was funny. I was okay oh, with that. Oh, for me, that was like, this is done. This Saturday is done? Live. Joke All about right. It. Has it been on NPR yet? Oh my! If, if it's on Fresh Air with Terry Gross, then well, it's done. Can... <laughs> I'm sitting here with uh, Sai. It's already been on Ellen, hasn't it? Yes. He, oh, he showed up on oh, Engine. Ellen done. taught Britney Spears how to do it. Oh. <laughs> That's no. like a double whammy, isn't it, Randy? Oh, it's just. <laughs> so yeah, so is it? Are we done? Is it done? We're done. Let's never bring that up again. I'm sorry, Manny, but you were partially responsible for this. Yes, I am. I'm sorry. 
Hmm. People like <sighs> I hate you, Twitter. So, what's this about Borderlands on iOS? I don't know. Let's 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 see. <laughs> Where's my face? Oh, Borderlands Legends has been announced for uh, October 31st. It'll be out on iOS, and it is a isometric view game. And it's got skill trees and action RPG elements, and that's all I know. I can't get a good feel on how RPG it is and what it looks like, but that's... that's Did you see uh, the, be, the Entertainment oh. Weekly story is actually much more in-depth. Oh, I didn't. Let me click through to that. And there's also a new story on Polygon. Apparently, everyone got their uh, their preview later in the week. Okay. Um, so it's more like a, you're controlling all four at the same time, and you're sort of like tapping like this guy, moving to cover, and then you're having like another guy snipe over here. So kind of strategy yeah. RPG sort of, right? Uh, yeah, like more like tactical, I would say. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. And uh, it'll it'll be five bucks on iPhone and seven bucks on iPad. It is not universal, oh. so pick your platform. Hey, at least it's not fifteen and then seventeen like Square Enix would charge. I'm fine. Yeah. So I guess I like pick- how they the two extra dollars because on one the graphics are more high risk. It's it costs two dollars. So hmm. Those assets cost two more dollars. I wonder how much the iPad mini version would cost. Well, I guess that would be the iPad version, huh? Yeah. That's, that's kind of annoying because you're paying for high-res assets on a screen that can't do it. <laughs> that kind of really yeah. sucks, actually. <laughs> Poor iPad mini. That was announced this week. Anyone care? Um, nope. it's, I think it's being, it's being made by 2K uh, Shanghai, I think. Oh, the Borderlands? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, I think they're China Studio. I, I mean, maybe Snake is not. Mm. But yeah, it just seems like, you know, it's uh, it's missing loot. You oh. collect money, and then in between rounds, you uh, you 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 buy new weapons. I'm okay with that. I don't need yeah. loot in every Borderlands property, whatever, just because it says Borderlands. And it's a, like it's like arena based. You basically and the missions the missions are like random. So it's like every time you go in, like so theoretically, you can play this game forever. And there's boss battles, and there's some other objectives like maybe protecting the target or like accomplishing some goal. And you know, guy goes down, you pick him up, use abilities, skill trees. You know, the whole kit and caboodle. Tactical-wise, yeah. That's pretty cool. Oh, 2K China, not 2K Shanghai. Okay, cool. I hope oh, they... Go ahead. Good. I was going to say, the uh, their track records, they made the NBA... What's it called? NBA Jam game or NBA 2K games on on iOS? Apparently, people really liked. Oh, did they? Okay. I never tried those. Hmm. But you were saying? Uh, I was going to say a few things. First of all, Nintendo Japan has a Charizard 3DS XL. Yeah. All right, Googling. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's on Polygon. Uh, <laughs> it'll be... Uh, it's, you have to enter via raffle, though, so sorry, guys. I, this probably isn't I coming wanted, out here. I, I wanted to try and get the... Uh, I wanted to try and get the... Um, uh, could, what was it? The, Char, the SD Gundam Char Custom 3DS, but it's sold out. Hmm. Uh, that's too bad. Oh, so when you flip it up, it has flames on the back. Yeah, it looks like it looks cool. It looks nice, actually. It's a nice looking 3ds. Down to show off the flames. That's bizarre. No, what? Hmm? Yeah, look at the the images. All right, let me bring it back up. I just closed it. See, it's moving all it, over the place here. They, like with the remember the old uh, Apple books, the the black ones. They had the they had the Apple facing you when it was closed. That when you opened it, the Apple's upside down. Oh, the flame is going. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, you have to hold the thing upside down to see the actual flame. But usually you just get to see Charizard, and that's important, right? That's fine. It's bizarre. It's just weird. Yeah, whoever puts their whoever unfolds their 3DS and just places it face down on a table. 
Oh, all right, that's perfect for that then. <laughs> Anybody who does that, they're they're all set. Yeah. <laughs> right. You can find that in our delicious notes, delicious.com slash rpgamers slash two four three. Um let's see. Oh, another story. Uh Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Some fans really didn't like the way the games are nowadays, including Skyward Sword, so they turned it into a graphic novel. They're making okay. a Yeah, they're making and they're doing this through a Kickstarter. It's called Second Quest. Oh, that's clever. And it'll be a comic um, inspired by Zelda, and it's not going to have Zelda property in it, unfortunately. Okay, so. I'm about to say. Because, of, you know, that's not going to work. Um, it follows a young woman, for example, and she's going to, you know, go through her adventure and stuff. And it's, they're inspired by what they want Zelda to be, and you can sign up for that. And so if you're a Zelda fan, you might care about that. Go check it out. I got that in the show notes as well, as soon as I price this, 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 and this, and hit save. All right, and I think... Oh. Go ahead. Best week. Grand Theft Auto Vice City 10th Anniversary Edition is coming to iOS and Android. Oh. I'm sorry. I'll stop talking. Now. I hear that one was good. Yeah, I, was, I, was just, <laughs> I just thought it because it was one of the big stories that went around everywhere. People seem to be really excited about playing Vice City on their phone of choice. I'd rather have it with, like, buttons and stuff, though. Yeah, so would I. <laughs> hmm. All right. I think that's and- it for our news. Is there anything else? Uh, Apple event, iPad mini. Yeah. That's the other big thing. Um, I, so, okay. My feelings on Apple event. Um, I'm a bit bitter that a, an iPad four is already out like seven months after I got the iPad three. Um, but I, 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 I'm exercising control and I will not be buying the iPad four. But you know why they did that though, right? No, to, to set, to reset the timeline. So it comes out every Christmas. Uh, yeah, just like they moved the iPhone event, all the iOS is going to be right before the holiday season rather than in March. That yeah, makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I'll get an iPad 5 next year because double the speed is really nice, but. Yeah, I hear uh, it. There's so, many, there's so few games that even take advantage of the iPad 3 game speed. It just doesn't seem justified to try and get. You know, because Real Racing 2 is the only game right now that'll use the iPad 4 speed, which is kind of ridiculous. Gotcha. And there's just so few and they add so little. And Real Racing is a terrible game. So let's see. Um, iPad mini. 1024 yep. by 768 resolution killed it for me. It's not Retina. So It never was going to be, though. It was never going to be. Well, it could have been. And No, it was never. Okay. Because they wanted to support apps out of the box. And I doubt they were going to put, like, a, what was it, 20, 20, 25? What's the iPad resolution? The Whatever iPad it is, 3? that high resolution. You don't they were not going to put that into a 7-inch screen. Okay. Because it's not, it's not just the costs, but it's also, like, battery life and performance. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. The chip in there is slower than the iPad 4 chip. So you're buying a less fast device. And it's like, huh. And then the price is $329, which is way higher than I want well, for a 7-inch device to be. So it's like, meh. Well, I, I will say this though: it's a, it's it's not a cheap it's not a cheap tablet; it's a cheaper iPad. So if any, I, we're always talking about how this game or that game is coming to the iOS platform. Okay. And some people, I mean, if this is your cheapest way in there now, I mean, it's like before before if you want to get in on the iOS game, start playing some iOS games like Baldur's Gate or maybe uh, Shadowrun Returns or hell, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, you would have to buy an iPod Touch, right? Yep, you're right. And the iPod Touch right now is three hundred bucks. For thirty more dollars, you can get yourself an iPad Mini. No, which no, is... the, no. The iPad t- Touch starts lower than that. Oh, but you don't want the fourth gen. You want the fifth gen. Is that the only fifth gen? Is three hundred? Yeah, start to three hundred. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize the iPod, iPod Touch was that expensive. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just saying, if if you wanted to get in on this now, you don't want to buy the old fourth gen because games won't be even supporting the A4 chip going forward at this point. Okay. So well, you're gonna no, a lot of them will. 
Is I'm, my I'm assertion. The game dropping support for the four, like being the four is starting to be the minimum now. Okay. So I'm starting to see yeah, that. Among- yeah, it's the minimum, but they're dropping the three GS is what they're doing. Yeah, and yeah, but okay. So, but I'm just saying, that if for like for thirty more bucks, you get yourself a small little iPad, you can use that as a little game machine. Ten hours of battery life. It has the same chip as an iPod Touch. Ten hours of battery life. Did I say that already? I did. You did. But, no, I'm just thinking if if it's a if it's a low end way to get into that ecosystem and start playing some of these games you may have been interested in in the in the past. Yeah. I don't see it as, as such a bad thing. I gotta and get my... thanks everyone for tuning in to Geekly Weekly. Yeah, I got to get my hands on that thing at it when it comes out and see if I like that. Because then maybe next year I won't get an iPad five. I'll get the iPad Mini two, which will probably be a lot more powerful and and bumped up from the iPad Mini 1 because that's what they always do with their second product. But uh, what's the... Anyone have a... Because I, I think the iPad's too big. I'm starting to get to that point where I think it's too big. And so would you just get heavy. an iPad Mini? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about it, but not, not right now. Not, not right. with that device. Um, maybe next year because I, like I like the form factor. Um, I just I want to see how things shake out as far as application support because if I'm losing access to retina-only apps or something like that, or if I'm losing access to uh, graphics fidelity or something, then maybe not. But yeah, well, most about but you have to think that most iPads out there aren't the iPad three, so they all still support the the One X graphics at this point. Yep, that's true. That's a that's a really good point. And but but like you said, I mean it, things will get better. They'll have better battery tech, and it'll be cheaper because they're. Uh, and they'll have better chips, and it'll all be cheaper because of their supply line, you know, their economy of scales, and then you'll get yourself a mini iPad 3 or 4. I still think for most people, though, who just need a little device, a 7-inch device, you know, the Kindle Fire is going to be a better fit for 200 bucks. But that's if you're an American. Oh, really? It, it's Amazon services are crappy outside of anywhere outside of the U.S. Okay. I mean, it's limited in Canada. Well, most and of the people I talk to are Americans, but yeah. No, I, I mean that's the reason why Apple has such success is because for two reasons. One, they're not selling these things at cost or less like Amazon is, and Amazon and, uh, and Google are. And two, they actually uh, have their iTunes store in like 200 countries. They have the ecosystem to sell it everywhere. And even if it, unlike with like Amazon, where it's like they most of their business in the United States and a little bit in Canada. And like for a long time, the Kindle's absolute crap in Canada. Can you okay. even still get it there in Canada, and Anna? Um, everyone that I know that's bought a Kindle has has just bought it in the U.S. Because the problem is, is book distribution is different in Canada than it is in the U.S. Yeah. And even things like the Kindle deal of the day, where it's like they'll drop, you know, a couple books for 24 hours to 99 cents or $1.99. The offer isn't good outside the U.S. So it's if you're Canadian, it's more advantageous for you to go to the States, buy a Kindle, register it on USIP, and then bring it back to Canada. Pretty much. Uh, I remember when Amazon used to do the MP3 deal the day where they'd have a 99 cent album. I, I will say I this. That. Go ahead. I think Ryan Block has been making a good point about the Kindle's tablets really quickly. Is that um, he's calling it more of a content appliance than an actual tablet because its primary function is just consuming content from Amazon. It's not like in the same way as you would use like a, a normal tablet or even like a Surface or anything like that to do work or be creative or do any of those things. It's for consuming content. Oh, no, completely disagree. I mean, Chris's dad actually has his entire appointment calendar on his Kindle. Well, it's a regular Kindle, but yeah. Yeah. And that's a regular what? Kindle. It's not even a Kindle Fire. It's a it's a terrible experience in my opinion, but it works great for him. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so shocking. Uh, when you see people 
who just don't need the power and stuff that we convince ourselves that we need. Um, it really makes you look at these devices a little different. <laughs> I want to. Yes, I'm. My grandpa used a uh, was using I think it was a four A six until about two thousand and eight to and he was fine with that because he never needed anything more than that <laughs> like to run his calendar his appointments stuff like that ran it you all know, on <laughs> is this um, just... go ahead. oh wait oh sorry can I... no 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 sorry go ahead. I always want to know if our if I I know you and I care about this kind of stuff and maybe to a smaller extent Anna and Quinn to a much smaller extent I'm guessing Quinn but um, I want to know if our audience really cares about these kind of Android and iOS games so I remember like when we first started doing the podcast stuff we were talking about Chinatown Wars and like does this have a future or is this ever going to take away from uh, handheld gaming I mean I mean now that things look like that's where this kind of stuff is going I wonder if our audience is, the audience in general is just more tolerant of it. Because I know hardcore gamers have always been like, oh, who cares about this? Those aren't real games. But well, and it's and it's stop. interesting you bring that up. I was about to say, yeah, I think I've sloped off a lot in in iPad, iPad stuff lately. But then I realized I haven't. I mean, just this week, Anna just got into a game called Dungeon Story on her phone, which is, um, if you remember, Dungeon Raid, which is a great iOS game. Um, it's kind of a puzzle questy, but not really, you know, match three or more thing. Um, but this is this this one. Dungeon Story takes more puzzle quest elements and adds it in there, and I highly recommend people check it out for ninety nine cents. Um, and I think we're just we're doing it, not realizing we're doing it. And the games that are succeeding there are these casual little time fillers, and we may end up putting a lot of time with that, into them without realizing it, and not even and not even thinking about how we're using these. Well, and this was actually a conversation topic that came up not long ago because um, I just did like a little article that it was like I calculated out the amount of time that I was playing on various games and I mean obviously the, the lion's share of my gaming time goes into MMOs but I'm all uh, I think since the beginning of the year from like um, from January to the start of October and now counting um, June and July because I basically didn't play my phone for the two months I was I was like 125 hours for the year on iOS games wow and, you know, it's funny, uh, even like on that Polygon stuff, people seemed legitimately excited for Borderlands Legends, like legitimately like, oh, wow, I want to try this. So I wonder if the tides are changing and people are actually taking these smartphone slash tablet uh, games a lot more seriously. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because it lets you tap into an audience that doesn't consider themselves gamers and doesn't have the same hang up as that particular, um, you know, definition. Gamers, I feel like they're softening a little bit. Yeah, people well, are getting I mean, more used to it. Honestly, I sat beside a lady on a plane last year that was like, I'm not a gamer, but I play Angry Birds all the time. And I whipped out, like, I brought Chris's iPad with me and I whipped it out. And she played it the entire flight. This is like a three-hour flight. And she spent the whole time playing Angry Birds. She like but she's, I'm not a gamer. Level. Um, we just installed, like, a... It, it was right before In Space came out. There was a whole bunch of themed levels for like Christmas and Halloween and stuff. So she was playing Seasons. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Sorry. Because she hadn't played it before. But she played all the other Angry Birds games. And she pulled up her phone and there was like 20 different games on there. She's like, but I'm not a gamer. I just play on my phone sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's weird is hearing even more old school gamers. So like in their much like in their late, late 30s and 40s getting excited about playing Baldur's Gate on an iPad. Like, like That's even- how I want to play it. No, but it's just funny because these guys are like – you would never think. They're like, oh, yeah, Baldur's Gate, that sounds perfect. Could be on the couch while the wife is watching whatever, uh, The Bachelorette. It'll be awesome. 
I just I I just don't like playing games on on handheld touchscreen devices at all. I've never gotten into it. You know what it is? I think it's if it's virtual buttons, it's usually pretty crappy. But if it's designed from the ground up with the touchscreen in mind, it's usually. But it even be- then, I mean, even then, I don't even like using it on the Nintendo DS. I always just use the regular con- like you know, I'll be honest, controls. I never got used to it on the DS either. I, I just, used to hate I, sport. Well, the good I part have, is most I, developers didn't either. Because <laughs> I have a, uh, I think it's either it's either a third or a fourth generation iPod, and I have an uh, I have a Android smartphone, but I just don't really use them for gaming. I think the only games I played on my Apple uh, thing was um, a, a couple of Kyrosoft games. Well, in in my case, I mean, when I initially got the phone. It was basically as a gaming machine because it didn't have a phone plan attached to it. Mm. So I'm sure that colors my um, time with an iPhone. Well, it's interesting. Well, I, I mean, this is outside of my own personal biases against Apple anyway. I, I will happily admit to the fact that I do not admire Apple as a company at all and find several things wrong with their business practices. But Hey, know. let's go buy ourselves a Surface then. <laughs> Yes, I'm sure people who hate Apple are going to just run over to Microsoft. Like, that makes it all better. <laughs> oh, I mean, Microsoft Microsoft at the moment are doing something monumentally stupid. Yeah. It's just, well, I mean, have you seen Windows 8? <laughs> it's like, it's hey, look, hey, it's look, out we're now. copying, yeah, hey, look, we're copying Apple. It's like, well, for most people, they would just go to Apple. If they want Apple stuff that looks like Apple, they'll just go to Apple. And for other people, it's just a terrible operating system. I'll, yeah. I'll wait for the Windows Seven esque non sucky version. You know, mm-hmm. like when Vista came out and it was a pile of ass. Everyone waited for Windows Seven. I'll just wait for that. Yes. So Windows Nine. Windows Nine. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for Windows Nine. Three more years to go. Forty bucks right now to upgrade to Windows Eight Pro. Online Ugh. only. Yep. So as a gamer, no one here is going to be touching Windows 8, right? Uh, I'm waiting to hear. I haven't read any reviews yet, so I want to hear some gaming-focused reviews first. I've heard a number of I've heard a number of gaming professionals describe Windows 8 as a pile of ass. Yeah, but they were all comp- complaining about Microsoft marketing strategy and stuff for Windows 8, and that's I want to hear like if I install this on my machine, how does it perform and how's it working? You know. Well, the only thing I'm confused about if I upgrade my operating system. What exactly is it going to do better than what my current operating system does? Well, that's the truth why is I'm... not much. I, think I, this... I have I have Windows Seven installed on a on an SSD at the moment. What's Windows Eight going to do? You're going to have charms. Well, you know how operating systems work. You can always optimize libraries and kernels and that sort of stuff, and actually yeah, eat out more performance I mean, if I'm they getting, wanted to. But I'm getting... But I'm generally happy with the performance of my current operating system. It boots in oh, seconds. Oh, that's not the speaking of a PC gamer. Then you always want that extra 1% frame rate boost. <laughs> I, but I don't need to spend money to do it. Yeah. If, if I can make that 1% frame rate boost without investing any money, then well, I will. How are but you doing in- that? How are you doing it without spending money? No, 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 no. That's the point. If oh. there was a way to do it without spending money, I would. You know, like making minute config but, changes or something. Oh, well, you, you went ahead and bought an SSD. You spent money on that to get boosts? I'm still trying to remember the reason why I bought the SSD. Isn't I think the, nice? the general, I think the general idea then was... then you can say use uh, the boost to get through. No, no, no. You, you, isn't the SSD nice, though? 
Although, to be perfectly honest, I did have to go through the hassle of reinstalling my operating system because Windows 7 only optimizes itself for a, for a solid state drive on at install level. How does it optimize it, itself for SSD? I just I think it's how it lays its files out or something like that. It makes it easier for SSDs to read them or something, but it can only do that when it actually physically installs the files on the drive. Oh, I'm skeptical of that because it shouldn't matter. That's interesting. Actually, there is, it, it doesn't, it changes its it changes its install process in order to better to be better optimized on SSD, and the the difference is noticeable. Okay. Like previously, my Windows machine would take what, I don't know, somewhere between twenty and thirty seconds to start up. Yeah. Yeah, it boots up in less than ten. All right. You know, honestly, none of this matters. We're all going to be using Linux and according to uh, Gabe Newell anyway. Yeah. So just get used to it. You're right. And the Our Steam, Steam on Linux. Linux. Yep. Yeah, once Steam comes out on Linux, I think I might switch over. Are you serious? For real? Uh, I might do, provided most of my games, the games work. That's <laughs> a big if, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, but there's also, I think there are other advantages to switching to Linux. I, I'm not, like, completely and utterly... I, do, I mean, the only reason I'm on Windows at the moment is because it's the, it's the operating system that 99.9% of my games work on. Mm. Hmm. Right, I mean, people keep asking me why I don't switch to the cult of Mac. It's like, because the games I want to play don't work on Mac. And the games I need to play for work don't play on Mac. Yeah, I have the same problem. It's like, and most of my programming stuff only works on PC as well. Unless I really felt like taking up app development, but from what I've, like, tried of Xcode, uh, no, basically. (laughs) What about Skulls of the Shogun? So no one here is going to try out Skulls of the Shogun for us? No. Ooh. See, and that's, I really do want to play that. So if that's the only way to get it, I might I might. Oh, it's going to be on XBLA. Yeah, but a lot later. Yeah, Chris, go buy a Surface. It's only $500. No, I'm not buying a Surface. <laughs> Plus 100 for the keyboard, which is Arr. one of the, which I don't know why you would sell that separately. But only if you buy it at the same time as the tablet. Otherwise, it's 150 Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? No, it's like five hundred for the tablet, five hundred for tablet plus keyboard. Keyboard sells individually for one hundred and forty-nine. Anyway, maybe I'll go to my local Microsoft store and give you guys a full report. All right. Well, I think uh, it's time for everybody to go give their uh, Microsoft store a visit because we're going to wrap up the podcast, and you need something to do. So go do that. Wrap up your other games, and uh, there's not much else coming out RPG wise this year, is there? Um. Oh, no, that was the what I was, that no. was what I was going to mention during the uh, the news segment. Do you know that uh, the RPG I was generally going to be more interested in? Yeah. Uh, uh, the guys behind uh, the um, thingy, Super Robot Wars Original Generations Two, put out their uh, fourth trailer on Friday. Oh, good for them. Yeah, so I'm generally more interested in that because it's coming out on November 29th. Nice. And will probably end up being my game of the year. Wait, probably. Where, where's that coming out? Japan. Yeah, of exactly. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so an import, I've had an import order on it down for like eight months. If you're wondering, here's what's coming out in the U.S. Yeah, I was about to ask you. Are we really done with RPGs? Ragnarok Odyssey is out on the 30th. Ragnarok Tactics is out on the 6th of November. Paper Pers- Mario 3, 3D Sticker Star is November 11th. Um, Persona 4 Golden is November 20th, and Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition is November oh, 30th. Don't mention Persona 4 Golden, please. Why? Because uh, I don't think it's coming out until 2013 in Europe. Ah, okay. Oh, um, I think everyone, most of the people I know are just going to say, oh, 
bugger, I'm just going to import the American version. I think the Darksiders just got a new DLC update just this week. I heard a lot of people talking about it. The is Abyssal it Forge. In a, and it's good? I don't know. Okay. All I know is that I, th- I heard it was coming out this week. And there's still going to be the Demon Lord Belial DLC in November for those two things. If anyone's still playing Darksiders, you know Darksiders, I think, did probably did horribly. I haven't heard anyone talking about that game at all. Mm. Okay. Yeah, no buzz around this. Just no buzz. Sleepy Dogs has more buzz than that, and they came out the exact same time. People are still talking about Sleepy Dogs. Okay, all right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up. Um, if you want to leave us feedback again, podcast at rpgamer dot com six zero eight seven two nine four zero nine eight or board at rpgamer dot com. Thanks for supporting us for Extra Life once again. Um, prizes are going to be drawn on Sunday, and uh, they'll be shipped out shortly thereafter. And I think that's it. We'll see you all next week. Goodbye, yeah, everybody. Well, we should be able to talk a little bit more about giant robots. Yay, robots. Tell me about your gaming Halloween experiences. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs>